Well, Connie sends her love this morning, and like I said earlier, you know, if, if you weren't here, she's not feeling well, so uh, she wasn't able to make it to the services today. I am so thankful that we have a body of members uh, in the church here, and that's, of course, biblical, and that's, that's what the Word of God says wherever the believers are. There's a body, one body. Because oftentimes we can't remember to do everything that we remember should remember to do. I'm thankful that the card uh, was passed around for Brother Gene. Uh, There's a lot of love here for Gene, a lot of love for his sister Irene, his brother-in-law, Brother Wilbur. And uh, we just want to continue to keep him lifted up in prayer. We'll see to it uh, that he gets the card and we'll get the address where he's at. And uh, we'll just always just lift him up continuously in our prayers. I want to thank God for having this word print in English, printed in English. <laughs> well, I know Sister Irene speaks Spanish too, so she could, she could say probably both ways, you know. But aren't you glad that men uh, have to their access... Uh, the will of God in the form of His Word. Amen. We want to share some word here this morning. And uh, I'd like to ask you, if you would, to open with me to 1 John chapter 3. I want to read from verse 1 down through verse number 9. I've entitled the message, Holy Ghost, Growth and Development. We want to be growing and developing in the things of the Word of God, then we're going to need the Holy Spirit to reveal the Word of God to us and to magnify it unto our spirit man mostly that we will grow and develop in the ways of the Lord. John says here in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God, Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And I like the scripture, and I've used it many times in Funeral services where Job said in that day, Shall I see the Lord for myself with my own eyes? And it's good to have something read to you and preached to you and taught to you, but isn't it so good with your own eyes you can see and behold God's will for all of us, which is His written word. It says in verse 4, Whosoever committeth sin transgresses the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifest, listen to this, speaking of the Lord and our Savior, to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him, the Bible says, verse number 6, sinneth not. Whosoever abideth in him, Sinneth not. Verse 7. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. Somebody says, well, I know I have sinned. Since I became a Christian and was born again, I have sinned. Probably every one of us have committed sin. Since we come to know the Lord. But I just want to share some facts, some scriptures that we take from the Bible. I want you to behold them with your own eyes. I want the confidence of the word as the Holy Spirit reveals it unto us today. That confidence that we have Christ in us. And that if we abide in him, we sinneth not. Listen to this. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. 
But listen to this. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. One more verse. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed, Christ's seed, remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. The Bible says in the Scripture, and you will never find, I'm not preaching Godhead here, but you will never find Jesus as listed as the eternal Son. Huh? He is the Son that was begotten. Therefore, if He was begotten, there was a time of His birth. He was eternal as God, but not eternal as the Son. Now, in saying that, when you read this Scripture, and we're dealing here just momentarily about this issue of sin. Well, one of the things we know for sure, and that is this, that the Scripture says, He, for this purpose, was manifest that He might destroy the works of the devil. Now, it says here that he that is born again is is of the spirit nature, and we know that. So really when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about my flesh man. My flesh man cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It does not become born again. It cannot go again into its mother's womb. But we're talking here about that which is spiritual. That seed cannot sin. Amen? I mean, it's not only being born again, it's being birthed of the Spirit. We have the Word of God, the very seed of the Almighty Himself inside of us. And that seed, that Word cannot sin. Yes, our our flesh can sin and does sin, but it ought not to. But we know unless our sin body is crucified on a daily basis that we will sometimes slip and will sometimes fall. But that which is birthed of God, that which is birthed of God, hallelujah. You see, we really were created in God's image, but when I come down to it, I have to realize that we were created as a man, which would be Adam. And the old Adam nature is a sinful nature. When I think about the angels in heaven, some that were there and some that are there. I mean, that's a great mystery to us. We, we know we can't explain everything about that. But those angels were subjected to sin also. There's a place in the Bible, Job doesn't say it himself, but the men that came to Job said something to this effect. The heavens are not clean in his sight. So there's a lot of ways we could go with that. The heavens are not clean in His sight. We certainly know that the earth uh, has transgressed. They've changed the ordinances. They've done all of these things and become through the sins a heavy burden as is upon this earth. I'm telling you, it's just hanging like a thread. And if it wasn't for the Almighty Himself intervening, sending His Son, bless God, that He might destroy the works of the devil, He works hard in our lives. But the only thing we can say is when we get up in the morning, Lord, today would you crucify my flesh? We speak to the Lord and say, Lord, not thy will, but my will, thy will be done. How many knows that where God abides, where God abides, there is no sin, not in his presence, But oh, this is not about His presence. This is about me and you walking in this whole world in this flesh life and in this flesh body. But there's a need then that I see for development and growth. If we're not growing, someone has said we begin the process of dying. Actually, we begin dying from the day we've been born. But the something that will not die is that seed, that incorruptible seed of God's Word. The Word was manifest in the flesh. Hallelujah. It came to reveal the very heart, the mind, and the soul of the Father. 
And God has shared His Word with all those believers, including the believers that are here, giving us assurance that the devil can't take away what the devil can't take away from the children of God. And so He's come to destroy all of the works of the devil. Now, I want to go to Romans chapter 8 as we're preaching here this morning, be mostly in the New Testament. I want to choose Romans chapter 8. A great, great passage of Scripture that we find here talking about life in the Spirit. And again, I mean, it's probably the most mysterious thing to the flesh mind there ever was. I want to start with Romans chapter 8. I want to look at verse number 1. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, Yeshua, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and of death. Verse 3. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, and I, I really like the thought of because of the flesh. The law was weak because of the flesh. God sent His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in who? Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Son. His Son sent the Holy Ghost. I like that. Jesus said, expedient that I go away. If I go not away, the Comforter cannot come. So God sends His Son. And then Jesus, when He goes, sends the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, which is a teacher in things that are righteous. You see what the Holy Ghost does? He fine-tunes the areas of our growth in the Lord. It's not the fact that we're growing in the Lord, but the Holy Ghost is fine-tuning them. The Bible says that before the children of Israel, as they were down at the base of the mountain, when Moses had gone up into the mountain, the Bible said they had to place a barrier around the bottom of that mountain lest any man break forth and be consumed because God is a consuming fire, talking about the Spirit. And so those that are in God, don't have to fear that consuming fire in that sense. They just have to allow the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, to fine-tune us. And how He does that is also with fire. The Bible spoke about a baptism of Holy Ghost and fire. That fire really is for purifying and cleaning. And that's what God is doing in each one of our lives as we grow and as we develop. The Bible says in verse 13... For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if we through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, we shall live. Isn't that something right there? We've got authority and power. God living and dwelling on the inside of us. And the Bible says He's mortifying. He's helping us mortify the deeds of the body, whereas we can live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, the Bible says, they are the sons of God. Real quick into the 27th verse. For he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of the Father. We know that all things work together for good. I read this last week, this part. We know that all things work together for good of, uh, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to to his purpose. Listen to this. Many people don't know the purpose that they've been called. For whom he did foreknow, listen to this, me and you, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, to be changed, literally changed. Now, this is powerful right here. Can I say this to you? He's not speaking of predestination of the physical man. He's talking about predestination in the Spirit 
that we might, we be, might conform, be conform or change, change or transform, transform to the image, image of, of his, his son. son. That's, that's, the that's the Holy Spirit, Spirit indwelling into, into our lives. Somebody says, you know, even these little children, but me, you think these little children uh, could, could be experiencing change in their life? Well, sure, just like they're developing physically, they're developing spiritually. Somebody says, well, wasn't the Word of God basically just to the adults? Well, basically, but when a child, I mean, I'm telling you something, we don't know how much a child is being led. You know, we want to think that they're being protected by their angels, and that's certainly true. But uh, I was, years ago, used to go to a lot of Sabbatarian Pentecostal churches, and we'd go there for fellowship. We'd have maybe four or five we'd go to a year. And one of the things I always found that was so intriguing, so uh, I just really thrilled my heart was during testimony time how these little old kids, and I'm telling you, most of them, the little old boys would be five, six, seven years old and have a little three-piece suit on. They really would. And uh, they'd have it be all dressed up, you know, to go to church and everything. And there'd be a little old boy or a girl, they'd stand up and they'd say, I want to thank Jesus, because most of them was from the South. I want to thank Jesus for washing my sins away. And then one would say, I want to thank Jesus. You know, they'd go telling you and describing how thankful they was for the Lord. Well, I'm telling you something. This is just as much a part for the children as it is for the parents. Amen. I'm telling you something. We bring them up the way they should go. That's what the Word of God says. And when they're old, they shall not depart. Some have said, well, I've seen some that was brought up young and they've departed. Well, it ain't over yet. We're going to believe God's Word don't return unto Him void. Amen? So we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. And what that really means, it brings an incentive to godliness within our life. An incentive to godliness. I said this before. It's an inducement to do something. Since you got saved, do something. You had to even do something when you got saved. Somebody said, no, you didn't have to do nothing. Yes, you did. You had to respond to the call of Almighty God. You had to act upon that measure of faith. Amen? And when you did and God saw that, that inducement began to cause you to do something, which really means a stimulus. It was a, it's like a catalyst, a motivation, a push. We thank God for that this morning. I mean, it's wonderful. You, didn't, you don't work for your salvation, but since you've been saved, you know, then you'll do the works of a saved person. I, I'm so thankful for that. Now, I want to go, if you would, to 1 John, and I want to go to f- chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, and I want to look at verse number 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are are of God. For many false prophets are going out into the world. They get right into the church. They get right into your life. They get right into your business. They get right into your marriage. He said, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. You are of God, verse 4, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, I do know there was a place or two in the Bible where evil spirits were cast out. And they said back to Jesus, we know who thou art. But that's not the kind of confession that this is talking about. I mean, that's not just saying something that's a true fact. Those who have not had a new birth, there's no way they're going to be able to know God. The new birth, you could say, is our hope. Being born of the Spirit, it's that beginning process for growth and development in the knowledge of God and His requirements for us since we've been saved. Now, listen to this. There are levels in learning. Somebody said, Brother Lee, how much did you learn in school? I learned enough. 
They ain't none of your business. There are levels of progression. There are levels of development. And there are certainly levels of comprehension. And it comes by our cooperation in our spirit life with the moving of the Spirit upon the Word of God. You see, you can have the Word, but if the Spirit doesn't move upon that Word in your heart and in your life, if there's no movement of the Spirit upon that Word, then it's just laying there dormant. But when the Spirit moves upon that Word, it's like the moving of the water, then it's time to get in and to respond. I want to go to Acts chapter 1, real quick, Acts chapter 1. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 at verse number 1, And at that time, there was great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. Do you know, oftentimes, God gets us out of our comfort zone. Been easy today to maybe stayed home with Connie. Been easy today to call Brother Dornberger. Been easy today to call Dustin or one of the brothers or the sisters and said, I can't make it today. I choose not to make it today. But let me tell you something. Persecution really does bring the heavy presence of God. If you're a child of God. It says, devout men, verse 2, carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church. He entered into every house. Think about this. And he hailed men and women and committed them to prison. Am I not in Acts? I'm in Acts chapter 8. Yes, sir. 8. What did I say? 2. I never said Acts 1. No, you can go back on the tape, and I never, never said that. <laughs> Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Okay, I thought I told you that, but... Hey, I don't know everything. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay. Now, Saul was making havoc of the church. Now, you imagine this. You go into church. That might as well have been a governmental church. It, it wasn't a state governmental church, but it was a governmental church because there were men running the church. Thank God the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost. Thank God that there was a freedom movement. I'm not talking about these movements you see today that are anti-Trump and anti-the establishment. There's a bunch of idiots out there. Amen? You have a right to protest and you have a right to do certain things, but you don't have a right to destroy property that don't belong to you and you don't have a right to hurt people that are not with you. You have a right to your opinion, but you don't have a right to enforce it. And God does not push any of this on anybody. He has a right to, but he doesn't do that. He chose not to do that. And so we're so thankful this morning that there's a freedom in the Spirit. But at this time, there was great havoc in the church. The men and the women were brought to prison. And the Bible says in verse 4, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere. Look at, the, look at this. Doing what? Preaching the word. Now see if that persecution hadn't come. I'm not pre preaching that persecution is a desired thing. But I'm saying when it came, the saints of God were scattered abroad and they went er everywhere preaching the word. Now this was, this was something that Paul was, was against because the word was different than the word he believed to be right. Now it's apparent we all have changed and are all being changed day by day. Never comes instantly. We're growing and we're dying. We're growing spiritually and we're dying physically. 
every day. The prayer that the psalmist give us, and they give us in the word of Matthew, says, Thy will be done in earth as it is where? In heaven. But the Bible said in God's eyes, even the heavens are not clean. He said, not only will I shake the earth again, but I will also shake heaven. So there's something there that we're not getting into any kind of message like that. But there's something there that lets us know that without Jesus Christ, without God Almighty, without the Holy Spirit in our lives, we ain't clean and we'll never get clean without the gospel or the good news that God put in His Word and in the works that was given to secure us our freedom. So we're growing. And this is our part, is to grow and to develop as children of God. Now go with me real quick to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. And I'm giving you the right place here. But, but it is good to, you know, to uh, check up on the preacher every now and then. James chapter 5, one verse, verse number 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. For the husbandman waiteth, that's God, waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath had long patience for it. That's a powerful scripture. When you just look at that, it tells us a lot of things. One of the things it says is that the Lord is waiting for the precious, not just the fruit of the earth, but the precious fruit of the earth. And he hath long patience for it. No one can say God is not patient. He waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. We have a short time here on earth, but so did Jesus or Yeshua. For Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And I could say, do you likewise. He said, not my will, but thine be done. I could say that ought to be the same thing for us. He lived the life he taught. Do you do likewise. He spake the truth at all times without considering the risk. And that's what these saints of God did that were scattered all abroad. He was holy. He was harmless. He was undefiled. He was separate from sinners. And the Bible, of course, tells us to be the same way. Now this time go to Acts chapter 9. Real quick, I'm bringing this to my points. And I've got a lot of points that I'm uh, trying to make here this morning. In Acts chapter 9, we'll get a little bit of what was going on in the early church. Now, you know the early church had the presence of the Holy Spirit, I mean, throughout. They were people that were baptized in the Holy Ghost. They were the beginners of that movement there at the day of Pentecost. And so, there were great men, there were great women, even children, I'm sure, the Bible says, and yet Saul breathed out threatenings, Acts chapter 9, verse 1. And slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. So he went to the high priest. And he desired letters to go to Damascus to the synagogues, that's his churches. If he would find any of this way, believers in Christ, whether they were men or women, that he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth. And he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Verse 5. And he said, Who art thou? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, Yeshua, whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. I know what I have in store for you. I know there's going to be a change in your life, a transformation. You're going to go from a killer to a saver. You're not going to take lives. You're going to tell how you can grant lives through the Word. And so the Lord was very patient. I'm sure in all of the knowledge that uh, this great man Saul had 
I mean, he even sat at the feet of um, Gamil. There was great knowledge, great understanding. But here he was throwing men and women that were believers into prison, causing them to come to death. And the Lord intervened in his life. I had a guy one time tell me, I was preaching about something about the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, and he was telling me, well, if the Lord will knock me down like he knocked Saul down, he said, I'll take it. I said, the Lord ain't going to give you nothing if that's going to be your, your attitude about it. I said, Paul thought he, Saul thought he was doing God justice. And then this this happened. He said, trembling, trembling, Lord, Lord, what will will I have me to do? And the Lord said, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Saul arose, verse 8, from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. His eyes was open, but he was as blind as blind could be. And the Bible said he was three days without sight, neither did he eat nor drink. Verse 10, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, Behold, he said, I'm here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he's praying. And he had sent, he had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered and said, Lord, I have heard of many, by many of this man, how much evil, think about this, he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Verse 15. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is what? A chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles, before kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way, entered into the house, put his hands on him, and said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost." And immediately there fell from his eyes as it were scales. And he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. And Saul was certain days, listen to this, with the disciples which were at Damascus. Verse 20, And straightway he preached Christ into the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Now, I don't know for sure, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm going to let Paul give us his own testimony Straightway, in which we believe would be straightway, he got his sight back, he got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he got water baptized, and I mean he began, the change began to take over in his life. But I want to show you something about patience, something about patience. Listen to this. Growth and development is not a quick process. Uh, It'd be kind of like when the Moses came down off of the mount, you know, and he was up there for 40 days and 40 nights. He comes off of the mount, and here it is Aaron, who is his, his spokesman. It's, uh, I mean, he's a right-hand man. And Aaron and the children of Israel had, had made this gold, these golden calves. And Moses says, what hast thou done? And Aaron, here, here's, I mean, here's a, a man that educated man, Aaron. You go back and read it. I'm just kind of paraphrasing a little bit, but he says to Moses, he said, we threw in the gold and out come these two calves. You talk about instant evolution. That would be quick time evolution. Moses knew he was telling a a lie. He knew that. It could not happen like that. That had to be formed, you know, it had to be made and and all of this. And besides that, we didn't know where you had gone. We didn't know whether you was going to come back or not, Moses. So listen, straightway and patience might have a little difference of a, of a meaning here. I want to go to Galatians chapter 1, real quick. Galatians chapter 1. And I want to look at verse number 11. These are Paul's words. And Paul said in, in verse 11, I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not of man. 
For I never received it of man, neither was I taught it, but it came by revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my conversion, verse 13. Drop down into the 15th verse. For when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. After three years... I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter. And I abode with him for 15 days. But other of the apostles saw I none save James, the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, and why does he say this? He said, Behold, I lie not. Afterwards I came to the regions of Syria and uh, Cilicia, and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed, and they glorified God, Paul says. Paul said, I didn't go on up, as we read in the book of Acts. He didn't just get turned around, got his sight back, amen, got got the Holy Ghost, got water baptized, and become an instant preacher. It didn't happen that way. Somebody says, well, could it not have happened? Yes, all things are possible. But Paul went into a place where he spent time, I'm sure, on his knees and on his face as God revealed his word to Paul. He said, you're kicking against the pricks, Paul. I mean, Saul. And so God did change his name. And that's something good I like about God. I used to tell people when you get tired of yourself and you've been parting your hair on this side, just think for a moment and change a few things. What can you change in your personage? Well, there's things you could certainly change that would identify you. But I remember back in the day... I would part my hair, you know, on this way. And then when I wanted to change, I'd part it on this way. I didn't become a transgender. <laughs> and I've been looking at Dusty. And you know what, Dusty? I'll tell you what, I admire you. I admire you. And I've often thought, well, you know what? I ain't growing much up on the top. But I, can, I have to have a haircut pretty often or it gets real shabby in the back. I thought I might have me a ponytail one of these days, but I don't know. I don't know if that's for me, but I'll tell you what, I don't have a problem with it for anybody else. Amen? Amen. The kingdom of God is not meat. It's not drink. Therefore, it's not clothing. Yes, there's times we put on, like I said, the little three-piece suit. There's time we make a good appearance before the Lord. I verbally believe that with all of my heart. But I'm telling you something, uh, this, this, this right here is good stuff. And he said, I was unknown by those in the church for around three years. Now go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 real quick. Just a little more scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. One of the things I can say is I can, I can get you from point A to point B pretty fast. And, and I love the courses, and I love the time we spend prior to uh, the preaching the message. And I don't ever want to take anything for that cause, from that because I can speed it up in the process. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. Paul said, Brethren, when I came to you, I came not in excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, he wasn't saying about you. He just, he just said, but Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and fear and trembling. He was talking about their weakness, fear and trembling. For my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the spirit and of the power. Why? So your faith, 
should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, or we could say, but in the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost of Almighty God. I want to go to uh, fourth chapter of Mark real quick. Fourth chapter of Mark. And I said this uh, probably in a more recent uh, message. But I, I want to use this scripture and thought again. Talk about God and his patience. Talk about him waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He said in verse 26, and the Lord is speaking here, down through verse number 28. So is the kingdom of God. It's as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. But he knoweth not how. And it's kind of like I said, it's like the wind that the Lord was speaking about to Nicodemus. He said, no man knows where it came from last and no man knows where it's going next. And listen to this. For the earth bringeth forth fruit, first the blade, then the ear, and after that, the full corn in the ear. Can you say this little word with the pastor? Patiently. 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 Mackenzie, you didn't get as big as you are overnight. You didn't get as smart as you are overnight. But you've always been beautiful. Amen. God allows for patient growth, patient development, because he is the almighty and because we are his children, and to those that don't know him as yet, because he is their maker. Luke chapter 2. Real quick, one scripture there. Luke chapter 2. And I want to look at verse 52. Verse 52. Now this was after Jesus, when he was 12 years old, he had gone into the temple. I just want verse 52. And that Bible says that he had uh, actually had left um, Jerusalem and came to Nazareth. And he was subject to his mama and to his daddy. And the Bible says in verse 52, And he increased in what? In wisdom. And what? And in stature. And in what? Favor with God and who? And with man. He mentally, physically, and spiritually developed. First the blade, then the ear. After that, the full corn in the ear. So even if an individual got baptized with the Holy Spirit, got baptized with the Holy Ghost, and spoke in tongues, and began to see the gifts develop in his life, all of that is still to be used in the growing and the the developing process. Lord didn't call us one day, and the day he called us, take us out, take us into his presence. But he gave us the opportunity to live and learn about him And to glorify Him. You know, when I look at the angels that are still in heaven, though they be innumerous, they're not multiplying like sexually and developing little little angels and little children. They're not doing that. As far as I can tell out of the Word, there ain't no more angels now than there ever was. They were created beings, uh, but they weren't created in the image and the likeness of God. You and I were created in the image of the likeness of God. And the Bible says that we're just a little, little what? Just a little bit lower than the angels. So, so when I see the angels, the Bible says, blessed are those angels that excel in strength that do the commandments of God. So the angels do the commandments of God, those that are excelling in strength. And the other ones, the weaker ones, were persuaded. And do you know they were free moral agents, the same as you and I are free moral agents? The Bible says that he beheld Satan, talks about Satan with his tail, bringing a, a, a third of the angelical host with him. So it, it indicates in some ways like he, he just forced them out, but I, I believe being moral agents as we are, uh, that they were persuaded, you know, just like the devil persuaded Eve and Adam to partake of the fruit, 
Uh, they were persuaded uh, to go with him when he was cast out of heaven. Now, this, this, is, this is just a little thought there. Now, I want to take you to Numbers chapter 24 because I only got a, maybe three more minutes and I'm going to complete this. Numbers chapter 24 in the Old Testament. I want to come to Numbers 23, verse number 17. You know the story. Balak had hired Balaam, who was a one-time preacher of God. He preached the word. Uh, He had hired him to go and put a curse on the children of God. Remember, we talked about being born again. We talked about whether or not you sinned, and we, we have an understanding. I believe most have an understanding that the physical man certainly does sin. I mean, could commit sin, but that the, the, the seed that caused us to be birthed, birthed into the spirit realm by Almighty God, that seed cannot sin. So we believe that seed is pure. We believe God's seed has always been pure. But we do know that we're of the earth also. And so there's that old man to contend with. Now, look at this in verse 17. And when he came, speaking of Balaam, verse 17, to him, he stood by his burnt offerings. Balak and Balaam. And we come down to verse 19. He said, he said, well, for prior to that, he said, he said what have what the Lord spoken in verse 17? And he said, he said, well, here's what I got from him, verse 19, that he is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandments to bless, and he hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Every time Balaam tried to put a curse on the children of Israel as they were there in that wilderness. I mean, as far as the eye could see, here was the children of Israel, their cattle, their substance, and their household things. And Balaam, Balak didn't want it to happen. He wanted them to be cursed. And he felt like that this man of God had the power and the authority to do it. But he said, God has already blessed them, and I can't reverse it. Verse 21, he hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. Can you, can you just kind of envision that for a minute? Here's the children of Israel. Had they made the, go, the golden calves and Aaron helped them? Absolutely. Had they mumbled, murmured and grumbled while they were in the wilderness up to this point? Absolutely. They, they did. But the Bible says, He, speaking of God, hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God, the Lord his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of a of all things. Here it's in here talking about putting curses on and talking about blessings and back and forth. And here's this one place in the Bible that we have this word unicorn. It's just, just a thought here. He has it were the strength of a unicorn. But he said in verse 23, Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob. There is no powers that can rise against Jacob. There is no voodoo. There is no curse that can come upon the children of God. Neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, what hath God wrought or what hath God worked? Oh, I like this. You see, the children of Israel were in the hands of God. They were in that day of new beginnings for the people of God. Now, I want to take you real quick. Just keep that thought in mind. I want to take you real quick. Here's where I'll close. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. One verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 12. For if, this is Paul speaking, for if 
There be first a willing mind. It is accepted according to that a man hath and not according to that he hath not. What he's saying here is if there be first a willingness to obey. If there first be a willingness to obey. So you fail or you don't actually get to the point you wanted to be obedient in. But you had a willingness to obey. That was your purpose. That was your intent. You see, Paul wanted to be pleasing unto God when he was Paul. And he pressed on just, I mean, he fought that thing fervently. He was that kind of a man. And when the change, the transformation came into his life, he began to conform to the ways of God's Word, not instantly, but patiently. And you've seen a changed man. How much of this New Testament is written by this man who once persecuted the church? God saw him not for what he had, but for what he had not. Isn't that powerful? There's that period of growth and development. And that's what, why the Lord saw no perverseness and no evil, no wickedness in the children of Israel. Because he saw the seed, the seed of perfection, even though they were of the flesh. Pretty powerful. It's a good thought. Good thought. So, what if, what if I have a goal and I don't achieve that? Well, can I say to you this morning? If you have not achieved what you desire to achieve in the Lord, while it is still day, work for the night cometh when no man will be able to work. No man. There's going to be a time when we're going to have to ride out the storm in the direction we're already headed. We won't be able to change course. We're in the time today, especially in the Holy Spirit, where we're still developing. We're still growing in the Holy Spirit. And as long as that's the case, God, we pray, have mercy upon each and every one of us. Dustin?